not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another mobile-rific episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined tonight by two, count them, two of my fellow mobile suit enthusiasts. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Look everyone, it's EO, and he's doing stuff. And this is Justin, coming to you live from Xeon Radio. Yeah. So, we are here tonight because March 24th, 2017 was the premiere of Season 2, Episode 1 of Gundam Thunderbolt. And if you recall, we covered the first four episodes on Mobile Suit Mondays. And of course, all three of us were pretty eager and gung-ho to watch the newest episode and discuss it. And so uh, we've all watched it, and I think what I'll do is I'll read this quick and brief synopsis of what goes down from Wikipedia, and then we can start talking about nitty-gritty details and everything. But the, the basic synopsis for the, the episode is... During the Earth Federation's assault on the Zeon's Abawaku Fortress, Eo and his comrades escape captivity while several Zeon forces retreat, taking Eo's Gundam with them. Seven months later, after the end of the One Year War, the Federation continues to battle Zeon remnants on Earth. The Federation carrier Spartan enters the Earth's orbit, but a Musai-class ship launches its Komosai shuttle for a kamikaze run on it. Suddenly, a new Gundam, piloted by Eo, is launched from below, and it slices the Komosai in half to save the Spartan. So that's, that's the quick and gritty thing I pulled from Wikipedia, but uh, of course we could go into the details on it and everything and sort of what we thought, but I'm going to open it up to you guys real quick and just kind of ask just vague, kind of like, are you are you still stoked about this? Is this something that you're looking forward to talking about? Is 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 it filling all your hopes and dreams and aspirations? Like, what was your initial reaction to the 
first episode of this this second run of Gundam Thunderbolt. I liked it. I mean, it certainly has the feel of a like season premiere. Or, you know, they, they the the new Gundam doesn't show up till the very end. I don't like. I I think it's still like there's still the problem of like I think we discussed in a previous review where like the Atlas Gundam doesn't really seem like a Gundam of that time period i guess or even possibly even of the universal century like it seems like yeah vaguely like seedish or something from one of the other like you know continuities but i mean other than that like it's pretty much all the same i'm not a huge fan of jazz or anything but the the soundtrack i mean even i can appreciate it and like all the characters are pretty distinct i i did i did like that the opening like at at, abawaku and i I liked how the stupid g armor got destroyed and whatever (laughs) like that that was a nice and i'm like I, i bet tomino liked that but okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say something and once I say it, you guys might not be able to unsee something, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Watching, like, you know, what Corn- Cornelius and, like, uh, his interactions with that new girl. What's her name? Bianca Carlisle. Bianca, yeah. Like, I, I was kind of like, well, it's I know you've read further in the manga, right, Derek? Like, you know, yeah. like, kind of what's going to happen. And... Well, I, I know I know some stuff. I've, I've sort of been reading the manga as we watch these episodes. So I, I kind of have a, a good enough idea of, to compare the manga with the actual anime as we're watching it. But I haven't gotten so far into it that, like, I know every single story aspect of the ending and stuff. But yeah. Okay, well, what, what my feeling was, like, I kind of felt, like, bad for Cornelius, because, like, you know, that first scene with him and Bianca, like, I was kind of like, well, she's clearly being set up to, like, like either be a romantic interest for EO or, you know, do something else. But, like, I feel like Cornelius is just kind of, like, passed over. And when I thought about it, okay, here's what, here's what I'm going to say. EO is Bart Simpson and Cornelius is Millhouse. Like, think about that for a second. <laughs> like, the, like, I just thought about it and I was like, it's pretty much this exact same relationship. I mean, it's like EO's kind of like, like Cornelius, like, let's do it like we always do it. And Cornelius is like, right, I hide here back on the ship. And you do all the cool stuff, like dude. But Cornelius, Cornelius gives him tissues, man. Tissues. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's kind of why uh, that's why I was kind of like, you know, hey guys, look, it's Eo, and he's doing cool stuff. Like, wow. Well, will there be any eating of shorts in the future episodes? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like, Eo, will, Eo will was like, I caramba. Will anyone be having a cow? He's like, what happened to you, Zeon? You used to be cool, man. It's like, Zeon's still cool. Zeon's still cool. <laughs> you pay now. No. What happened to you, China? You used to be cool. Hey, China's still cool. You pay later. Later. But yeah, that's that's weirdly the feeling I got where I was kind of like, man, like Cornelius, like Eo's, Eo's cool and all, but you don't have to be like, you know, Eo's the man and like you all got, you guys all should, you know think yo's the man do you think he's gonna be that overlooked like i i kind of got the vibe that kind of what you were picking up that that i mean you know yes maybe bianca would obviously be more interested in eo than cornelius but there seemed to be that kind of star fucking 
like, mentality of, like, oh, dude, you were in the Thunderbolt sector, like, you survived, like, let me get on your jock, Cornelius, and then it's like, <laughs> then EO shows up, like, holy shit, he survived the Thunderbolt and has an even bigger cock than you, Cornelius, you know, like, like, <laughs> that they're setting up some kind of love triangle dynamic, and also just the fact of, of who these characters are and sort of what they went through in the first story arc and everything, that that she is aware of their infamy, you know, and, and it, it, there, there is a sense of that, that she's, you know, she's a pilot and everything, but she's also attracted to probably both of them because of, of who they are or what they did, you know what I mean? So I, I, I could see it going in that direction where maybe, I mean, you know, yeah, he could get overlooked, but, you know, there, there's also something that I sort of know about that's coming that could put a monkey wrench into a triangle dynamic, too, if it goes the way I think it does. So you never know. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's basically the initial feelings I had about this episode. Uh, what about you, Justin? I watched it, and then it ended. Like that's like that's how it felt to me. I like it. It started it, and I was watching it, and then it was over. I was like, "Wait a minute, that wasn't twenty four minutes." Oh wait, I guess it was. Like I guess I was that into it. And it's like I watched it again immediately afterwards, and it's like the opening battle with Abo Q and everything. Like that was really great. And then after everything after that, like I felt like I was enjoying everything, and it was really great to be back in the Thunderbolt like style you know, the jazz and that animation style. But, like, I felt like not a lot happened. I mean, I know they're, like, setting up new things, and, you know, we we got, like, new mobile suit, which I agree with you. I think the Atlas is a little too advanced for the time period. It's like, you'd think there would be something, like, in between the 78 and the Zeta. Like, that's what EO should be piloting, like, something that came, something that comes before yeah. Zeta. Like, maybe something Zeta-esque or whatever. Like, but... it... It doesn't even look like connected to like stuff in like OO eighty three or like you know yeah. like the the whatever that was the um I don't even remember what it was. But. It's interesting because I think I think I still share the the reservations about even even in the Abawaku battle sequence there were visuals of you know I mean I I guess some of it is fine like like how they have like those elite like, goofs and, and Zaku's that are all painted up there in the battle sequence, and you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. It it distinguishes this anime or manga from the original series, but it doesn't really stomp over the existing canon. But then, like, when I saw some of those guys that kind of looked like, it was like the GMs and the, the ones with the Gundam faces that kind of looked like they were like, I don't know, like, realistic versions of the Captain Gundam or something with the little stars on them and everything. Like, that kind of was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, you know, and it's like, I guess I guess that also would apply to things like MSOA theme and, you know, j- just those notions of where you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, like th- they had those, too? Like, I thought, you know, it- it's that same sort of nerd reaction you have where you're like, oh, I thought Amuro was special. Like, I thought there was, like, one core fighter, not, like, 17 of them. But then, I guess you, you have to take into consideration, at least after a Bawaku and the battle in the Thunderbolt sector, I mean, it, it would be nice. I know what Justin's saying, like, it went by so quickly, and it is, again, this breakneck speed of, you know, the jazz, basically. Like, it's this frenetic, fast-paced episode. But, I mean... It might have been nice is after the Abawaku battle, maybe like a little title card that was like, 
seven months later, ba-bam, and then go into it or something. Because, I mean, the, the reason why the Wikipedia entry says that, and, and we know that, is because if you read the manga, it says that after about a coup seven months later, that's where they are. So, I mean, it is encroaching very much on war-in-the-pocket era mobile suits. So the goofs or the what are they? The Zagoks or whatever that they're using Gel- in Gelgoogs. the Gelgoogs, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, God damn it, I can't get it right because I didn't write it down. But so the Gelgoogs they're using in the the underwater battle, right? Like those are all kind of. Oh wait, you, know, you were right then. Those are like I think yeah, Zagoks or Zagoks. Okay. Or okay. Ak, or Ak guy is the okay. one. Yeah. Like like th- those don't seem too out of place to me. Like those seem kind of normal but i i see what you guys are saying about the atlas because to me like my my thought on it was i was like oh it's like the black racer or the scarlet skier of gundams or something you know what i mean like he's got those little little ski things and stuff i mean i think it looks cool but i sort of agree with you guys that it it doesn't quite seamlessly slot itself into like universal century and the way like even like more than than it's just like initial design the way it moved like with the way it like kneeled down like at the end of the episode it like had like articulated toes and stuff and it like i don't know it had a more like humanoid like sort of like proportion to it and when you look at like the original gundam and even like the gms to some extent they're kind of blocky and like you know they don't have those joints basically something that like kind of caught my interest because i i like the character it looks like carla is like in some kind of little stasis pod or something i thought that was a pretty interesting development yeah it's it's weird like the the the, some of the differences because the 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 way they pace it in the anime is so breakneck and fast paced they don't really they they show you things like they did in the original anime but they don't always explain it and i think it's interesting to watch this episode and then if you've read the manga or if you go back and read the manga like it it does kind of spell out specifics of what exactly is going on there like that you know that there i i'm sure you noticed there was a a symbol that were on those weird chanting monks hands and that symbol later shows up on the hand of one of the Xeon Remnant officers later in the, at the end of the episode. And, like, apparently, like, those order of monks that are chanting and burning all those bodies and everything, like, they're called the South Sea Alliance. And the idea is, the, the mission, essentially, is they, you know, the Federation... You know that that general, I guess uh, the the lady general. Her name's Monica Humphrey. Like that sort of little old lady. That at first you're wondering if she's a Zeon because everything's all colored green, but she's actually a Federation general. And and they, she talks about how she's not concerned with like you know killing off the zombies. That there's more important things to attend to. And I mean, essentially, what they're talking about is they recover Daryl's mobile suit. You know the the whole psycho frame whatever it was you know from from the last series and then i think the idea is the mission is to actually recover carla and supposedly like they didn't show this at all in the anime so i don't know if it's going to come into play or not but at least one of the major differences between the anime and the manga is um, unless they show it in flashback you know in future sequences or whatever but that that kind of 
Paul Reiser guy from the last show, J.J. Sexton, you know, the one that was, the you know, basically the main guy, like, chopping off everybody's hands and giving Carla all that shit and stuff. Like, he, when he launches out in his, you know, escape pod or whatever, apparently those monks that are burning all those bodies and everything, like, they pick him up. And they also have Carla in the tube or something like that. I think that's the basic idea. So I, I think the whole mission is they're going to recover them, you know, kind of like maybe when, you know, they would basically have like Nazi scientists or something after World War II, you know, try to get their intel and accumulate it or something like that. That's the best thing I could think of in terms of... Uh, you know, a historical comparison as to what's going on. But, of course, I, I think if you just watch the anime on its own, like, there, there's no way you would pick up on any of that. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, the monks and stuff. I was kind of like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they do really have that. I mean, it's, it's interesting because just as much as the jazz is kind of in your face and, and even the Xeon radio, you know, contrast is in your face, like, that chanting is, is just as in your face and as big of a contrast like i i think these guys are going to be that that weird third faction you know that that kind of almost explain you know because because i guess there is that nerd thing in the back of your head too is like how many fucking zeon remnants and ragtag offshoots can there be after the end of a major war you know what i mean like it, it kind of it kind of gets on your nerves after a while because you're like, wait, didn't they win the war? But, you know, I see what they're setting up and what they're explaining, but I also think that the, the South Sea Alliance will be like another, you know, maybe some someone to focus the 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 main battle with or whatever. But, I mean, I, I, I thought they did a good job of setting up that there's still that familiar contrast between Daryl and Eo and everything. I mean, when you see... When you see the Atlas in the hangar, you can hear the jazz, and then they immediately cut to the Xeon radio and him on the beach and everything. And so it's like, it's 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 just as much, you know, that theme is still there, you know, from, from the previous series and still clearly spelt out. And then I, I guess for me, what I think is funny is, like, they introduce you to Bianca Carlisle as, like, I guess the new, the new character for you know the federation people that you're following the federation soldiers and everything but for the 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 zeon remnants like one of the new characters you're introduced to is lieutenant billy and he's this blonde kind of erudite like zeon pilot and everything and you know much like how i guess you you know mike pointed out the whole bart millhouse thing you know, like, for me, I was like, oh, well, you know, I, he, he basically is sitting there smoking, and then his his maintenance guy, basically, his name's Sebastian, and he's like this big black guy with a mustache, and he tells him, hey, man, you know, you gotta cut it out with them smokes, like, they're not good for you, or whatever, and, and I was like, oh, well, I guess that's Billy's, you know, th there's Lieutenant Billy's Cornelius, you know, like, like he's gonna hand him tissues or whatever you know because they obviously have that kind of relationship and it, it, i don't know the 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 manga is pretty faithful for the most part but i do recall like some some kind of more comical aspects to the manga like where sebastian was like eating like sandwiches or hamburgers or something while he's telling billy to cut out smoking and all that kind of stuff so like there there were certain 
aspects that I noticed that were, you know, just a little different. But I mean, for the most part, it's it's almost faithfully replicated, except I'd say for the very end of the episode. Like, I, I think maybe some of the comparisons to the Atlas looking like a suit from Seed are not that far off, because my thought of it was... The, the ending, I think, is better. I mean, it, dramatically, it works, I think. And, you know, because Eo basically comes out from the hangar and saves them from this kamikaze komusai ship. That's, you know, whole plan is, you know, we once again have another sort of re-entry trope in Gundam here where you've got the Spartan, you know, kind of the white base ship of the series, trying to enter the Earth's atmosphere and everything. And then, I, I guess another discrepancy with the the manga it, that I thought was kind of interesting, because they, they really highlight Bianca Carlyle, like she's the one who kind of gets out of her harness and takes off her helmet and goes to look outside the window, and, you know, her, her and Cornelius kind of have a moment there and everything. But it, it's interesting, like, that moment doesn't really exist in the manga, because it looks like there's tons of people trying to get a glimpse out the window, and she's one of the many people looking out the window, whereas this, the, the anime really highlights her, like she's the the star or the, you know, a protagonist character that's highlighted among the many crew members on the Spartan, basically. And so, you know, Eo launches in the suit, and they can hear the jazz, and to, to me, I, I mean, I, I really did think his entrance was, you know, reminiscent of, you know, the the, the meme, you know, Jesus Yamato, because he comes up and he, you know, flies right past the front of the ship, you know, just, just kind of like, you know, in reverse, you know, but but it is very reminiscent of whatever it was, that, that 25th episode of Seed where, you know, Kira, you know, jumps in front and saves them all and, and does that kind of stuff. And it's not, it's not quite as outlandish as that, and he, he's not... Obviously, Eo is not that kind of, you know, grandiose sort of nobody dies today character, but but there is that aspect of him, you know, kind of heading, you know, going headlong into danger and, you know, taking out this, you know, kamikaze type ship and, and you know, when he blows it away and everything and then lands, like, that's, I, I thought was cool and it's also very different from his introduction in the manga. Like, his manga introduction is... Like, there seems to be a lot more political stuff and, and sort of... I, I don't want to say intrigue, but but political and sort of... kind of financial stuff because he's from this rich family and they they need his shares and he just wants to get back into the fighting and so you know there there's all this kind of stuff and he's mourning claudia at the gravesite and you know it, it, it's just a lot more sort of political you know in terms of how he he gets back into the game and then when he appears it's just kind of like oh yeah and by the way you know here's here's the atlas stepping off the the flatbed and everything, and by the way, like, Eo's part of the crew, so there, there is no re-entry sequence, per se, like, like it was in this episode, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Just for the sake of a dramatic ending to the episode, yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I think it worked a lot better, I mean, to be honest. Yeah. 
I think I'm more I'm I'm more eager to see the next episode than I was to see like this premiere basically. Yeah, I, I think I feel the same way too. You know, to me it felt like this episode was like over in just like two or three minutes. I was like, what? So yeah, like I I'm really excited to like see the next episode and you know some of these elements Derek's describing. You know, like you said, it's like I unless you know you were keyed into the manga like Derek is like I wouldn't know about some of these threads so I'm kind of curious to like see where where this new faction is like what they're gonna do and how that's gonna play into things like what they're gonna do with all the stuff that they've like scavenged from the battle of the bow queue and whatnot yeah I think that's one of the perils in in dealing with something that can be as politically complex as Gundam but then making it as fast-paced and breakneck breakneck as it is in in this format you know because i i mean i even me like i was like oh yeah like it's like i knew that that lady was a federation general but then visually i'm like well everything looks so green around her you know so i was like wait is she a zeon and i'm like no no she's not you know like and 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 there's a lot of opportunity to get sort of either confused or or maybe in your case you know maybe you're just not up to speed because they haven't revealed everything they're just giving you tidbits of of what's going on and focusing on like the action and and the the fast-paced nature of the the series so it's it's one of those things like i watched this twice you know like i I think it's one of those things like you said it, it goes by you know, it, obviously it is, you know, the 22 minutes or whatever it is, but, you know, it, it just, it feels like it goes by so quickly that you want to take your time and, and look at certain things and maybe even, you know, pause and confirm your theories or see see what the differences are, you know, in the manga and, and, and feel like you you have a better grasp on on what exactly is going on, you know. But I, I did like it. I mean, I'm looking forward to the next episode like you guys, but, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed this. I mean, once you once you get past that whole sort of gut nerd reaction of, like, but these mobile suits shouldn't look like that and all that kind of stuff, it's like, I, I have that, and then I have to sort of, like, shift it aside, you know? Because, like, I, I, I knew I had that, especially in the Abawaku sequence, because it's, like, one of those things where you're like, oh, this is, like... You know, this is like famous. It's like it's like watching like the Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer fight Galactus, and all of a sudden it's like Sleepwalkers like dancing with Darkhawk in the background. And you're like, Wait a minute, like that didn't happen. You know, like come on. You know, and it's like no, no, it totally did. It's totally cool. They were they were like you know totally dancing, and and their dance actually helped Galactus get off world. And you're like what? Like no. You know, so like, but it's like once you get past that part of it, you're like, oh no, Darkhawk and Sleepwalker are cool characters, you know, and this is going to be fun to watch the rest of, you know, their their adventures type thing, you know. Yo, Joe! Come in, Aaron Moss, codename Head. I have an important mission for you, son. I need you to podcast about G.I. Joe, a real American hero, the comic book series previously posed for Marvel Comics, currently being paid out by IDW. Um, which issues, uh, General Hawk? Issues? What, son? 
you're going to cover the entire run, plus the yearbooks, special missions, order battle, everything, along with the cartoon. Wowzer, sir. That's a mighty large mission. That's why I'm assigning you several other Joes as they're available to help. And uh, how do I report my findings? Monthly, at our main site, gijoe.headspeaks.com, on iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Submit your report under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, anything else, sir? You can get further information on the social medias, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, all under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismissed, soldier. Yes, sir. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Alright guys, well, I, I hope you enjoyed listening to our quick thoughts on the second season, first episode of Gundam Thunderbolt. I believe the, you know, I, I guess to peel peel back the, the pull back the veil, like this is released in March and I think the next one is going to be released in April and obviously we're going to try and, you know, keep up with the, the series and everything like that. So look forward to some more of these quick reviews on the individual episodes. And if you've enjoyed listening to Mobile Suit Mondays, of course, you can listen to all of our spinoff shows, Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, comic books, motherfucker, do you read them, Big in Japan, and the Fan Holes podcast proper. And we can be found on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes and feedback that we get there. If you like, you can send us any comments, questions, and or concerns at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, signing off. And this is Justin, Beyond Radio, signing off. Yeah. When Cornelius saw uh, EO, he was like, So this is what it feels like when doves cry. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. It's like now I want like some talented artist or something to draw like Bart and Milhouse like in EO and Cornelius's like uniforms or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of the Boa Q battle, I saw the G armor and I was like, oh, I guess that's Armoro. And then he got shot down. I was like, okay, I guess that's not Armoro. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they mass produced that? Like yeah. yeah, I was like, come <laughs> on. Like, no. That piece of shit? Like <laughs> it's got tank treads in space. That's how you know it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like in um Energon or something when you see like, you know, a transformer like in its vehicle mode in space and its wheels are moving you're just like wait what why are your wheels <laughs> turning driving. in space in space <laughs> what